following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Okay, everyone places. This is the final scene, so let's make this one count. Quiet on set. Places, everybody. Welcome to the Producers. Lights, camera, podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Producers. With me this week, calling another audible. We've got the misquoter, Mister Rick Haug. How are you, buddy? Doing all right. Doing all right. Happy to be here. Thanks for uh, jumping in last minute. This was—I uh, don't want to say five minutes ago, but it felt like it was five minutes ago that I asked you. I feel like it's kind of my thing now. I'm the misquoter. I'm the, the last second audible. You know, I, I got a couple of things. It's good. <laughs> At least you use your sports metaphors the right way. When we had Benzin on, he was like, yeah, I'm warming up. I'm, I'm getting ready to pinch it from the bullpen. I'm like, and Josh was like, that's, that's where the pitchers are. That's not, he's like, so it was all, we were like, that's why he doesn't do the sports podcast. So, but it was, <laughs> it was, it was just fine. We did Tommy boy and we laughed the entire time. So it was all good. Yeah, Tommy boy is a good one. So. Yep. And I got to tell you, so I'm super excited for these specialty episodes because we basically get to, I mean, we, we do them so infrequently that we just get to talk about our favorite movies when they come on. And I feel like we always enjoy that because you try to space these type of things out. And I always just laugh my ass off every time we get to talk about like our all timers. Yeah. And, you know, first one we did My Cousin Vinny, classic. Now uh, we're going to move on to another classic around the same time, came out in 1996. And it's, uh, the Birdcage, starring Robin Williams, Nathan Lane, um, and yeah. So, I mean, really, so some of my favorite actors, I really, I don't, when I, so I'm talking to you about it, but I, I feel like, I feel, I don't know how I, I feel like this is maybe Robin Williams' most underrated film. That I feel like if you polled random people and asked them what Robin Williams' best movies are, I feel like you'd get, I mean, so my all-time favorite, Mrs. Doubtfire. I mean, that's, it's always my number one. But then you've got, I mean, somebody would say Hook, somebody said Mrs. Doubtfire, somebody would say, do you know what I mean? Uh, well, Aladdin, even though he just did the voice of the genie. So I feel like you'd get a lot of those. But And then you also get Dead Poets Society, uh, right? Right. Some of the other, uh, you know, a little bit more drama than comedy. But I, I mean, yeah, Robin Williams in this movie, to me, it's what makes the movie so great. Him and also Nathan Lane, love Nathan Lane. Um, and he's and Nathan Lane, you know, is like an is a, a established uh, stage actor, whereas Robin right. Williams more film actor. Um, but there's quite a bit of, uh, of of Broadway actors in this because this show uh, it started actually as a show called La Caja Faux. Um, so it was it's a musical and a, a French Franco Italian movie of that title, and then this was adapted from that. So that all came out in the seventies. Adding a dash of class to our podcast. There's a whole bunch of French words there. Yeah. Well, you know, and so <laughs> for those who don't know what I do for work is I'm in theater and I actually got to do that show um, when I was younger. 
at a company I was working for on Long Island. So it's really fun to see the stage version of the musical after loving this movie growing up and watching it so many times because it's the same but different. Um, and this was adapted uh, for the for the American audience and then in 96 came out and it was directed by uh, Mike Nichols, who is a Broadway uh, veteran on his in his own right. And a little bit of my research, he's one of only 17 people to ever win the EGOT. So he's got an Emmy, a Grammy, a Tony, and an Oscar, which is uh, a pretty awesome feat considering that he's one of only 17 to ever do it. And he directed I feel like, I feel this movie. Like at that point, you're just hoarding. Like, I think you're just being a show off at that point if you're just you know, winning an award in every single category you can. Yeah. I mean, he's got four Emmys, nine Tonys, a Grammy, and, and, uh, an Oscar for Best Director for The Graduate, starring Anne Bancroft and Dustin Hoffman, who um, was not known at the time when that came out. That was kind of what jump-started his career. In Seriously, he was, he, was a, he was a child in that 1966. movie. 1966, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was so young in that movie. And really a little Buffalo tie-in with this movie, too, that Christine Baranski is from Buffalo. <clears throat> yeah, and she uh, plays the, the mom character that uh, Robin Williams... The surrogate, right? That's The, the surrogate, yeah. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, great Buffalo tie-in there. She's a great actress. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, and then there's also Gene Hackman in this movie and uh, Diane West and Calista Flockhart. Like, you know. M Mrs. Harrison Ford. Yeah. <laughs> really? Is, it, it's not weird at all that he's, like, 26 years older than she is. It's, it's fine. I mean, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's uh, and like really the only one out of this group that's really not known is the son, Val. Um, Dan Futterman. I, I can't say that I remember him in anything right, else. Right, yeah, that, that was it. Without looking at his IMDb page, I got nothing. Even I mean, the really, butler is is Hank Azaria, who I was just gonna say, you who might does, not know who he is, but if you watch The Simpsons, you've heard him do a thousand voices. Right, he, is, he does like 60% of the voices on The Simpsons. <laughs> he's most famous for that, but he has little bits all over, and he, him as Agador is just honestly one of my favorite parts. He, right, um, he, might, he might be the unsung hero of this entire film, that every time he is on screen, I'm laughing my ass off whether he's dancing around the kitchen or like they're making him be the butler and he's like when i wear the shoes i fall down and he like, trips and stumbles over the carpet every time like it's i am spartacus <laughs> and of course spartacus he makes his call up by his full name every time <laughs> uh yeah so um yeah it's just a great movie so essentially uh kind of the quick overview of the movie right is val who's the son is deciding to uh marry uh, Calista Flockhart, whose name is Barbara in the movie. And they're like uh, 20. They're very young. So very people, young. They're, people are kind of objecting to it. And, you know, Robin Williams at first, uh, his character, Armand Goldman, which the last name is important um, for <laughs> later in the movie. But uh, Armand uh, doesn't really uh, think that's a good idea at first, but then he opens up to the idea um, and he says that, um, you know, that I think that we should meet the parents essentially. It's essentially a meet the parents movie. Um, <laughs> the, I don't want to say the first, but definitely earlier than the actual movie, meet the parents. And then Callista Flockhart, Barbara, her father, Gene Hackman, Diane West, Louise are these ultra conservative. Uh, he's a Senator, right? Folks. And he's a Senator. Yeah. Who is getting caught up in his colleague um, gets caught up in Congress, a scandal in a scandal. Because um, they're they're the head of the coalition for uh, moral order or whatever, like they're very. Yeah. And he gets found in bed with uh, 
black <laughs> and underage black. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 like if you could picture everything that would be the worst, it hits <laughs> every single right. point in one single sentence. Like, it's like, so, like that, that one set of phone call that we hear. That is is the whole thing. Jackson was found in bed with a hooker yeah. who's underage. And she's black, like it just like you, like, it's like kept on going, just piles on, right? And Gene Hackman at one point sneaks out of the house and comes in through the window on the second floor to avoiding get the paparazzi, avoiding the paparazzi. And uh, then they decide, well, let's go meet this new boy of yours, his parents that you're going to marry. And so then that's really when it starts because Armand owns a gay club in South Beach, Miami. <laughs> um, that has a drag show in it all the time. And, and Nathan Lane, who plays Albert is the uh, main star, star yeah. of the show. Um, and, and they're a gay, and they're a gay couple. His Val's parents are gay and they they have to somehow convince this very conservative Senator that it's okay to marry their daughter, even though your parents are gay and own a gay nightclub in, in South beach. And at first, you know, it's, it's them and, and, a, and a gay drag show. I mean, that's the whole, so super not with the right would be okay with with their apartment that is attached to said nightclub um that they, right, try they, li- they live off, above it right that that it's just the show that's next to them um you know as far as with the gay couple right this is 1996 it's still kind of uh taboo if you will that's so we've cer- why... certainly come a long way in the last 26 years not all the way but i mean certainly better than we were yeah, it's probably why it's a lesser known role of Robin Williams, because I don't think it had the the widespread popularity because of the content matter in the time. I sure. Now sure. it's it's retroactively won some awards um, for its kind of progressive nature and how it portrayed a gay couple, because it wasn't just a stereotype uh, gay couple that you would see in a show of that time. It's more in depth into the relationship and how, you know, like a couple works and interacts and there's the just great moments between Nathan Lane and Robin Williams, which uh, I, I found this little tidbit too. Uh, Mike Nichols, who was the director made Robin Williams and Nathan Lane film at least one scene where they followed the script and then would let them improvise because they were notorious improvisers. Uh, right. Right. Which Robin Williams, the whole opening scene of Aladdin with him talking as the, the street cart guy was I'm pretty sure all improv that they just recorded and then just put, uh, put it together. Like, right. Robin would just go off on tangents, um, which is what made him so great. Because and, and just- see, and, and one of my favorite things about Nathan Lane is that so uh, having watched this movie with my wife, and she's a big fan. Um, I've she, I love she loves Nathan Lane in this movie, but then you have to show her other Nathan Lane work. So like we watched Mouse Hunt, and he <laughs> I, I he's obviously not the same character but there are a lot of familiar mannerisms and noises and screeches and yells that he lets out while chasing after this mouse and, the, and my wife goes it's like he's in the bird cage like it's the same movie and like you can hear it in you know with Timon and Pumbaa from the Lion King like there are just little, little bits of Nathan Lane that pop out that he's the very producers remake not, not the remake uh, but the right. musical version right he he started it on Broadway, and then when Mel Brooks made the movie version of the produce the the movie musical version of the producers, <laughs> um, he was also starred in that as well. And um, Nathan Lane's been in a lot of things. I mean, I, I honestly I have to look it up. Nathan is not his actual name; it's a stage name, and he oh. took it after playing Nathan Detroit in Guys and Dolls at a young age. Um, 
So I honestly, I don't know. I what did see like, that's a good tidbit. So I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Why don't you look that up? Um, but yeah, it's, uh, and so there's the interaction of them having to, uh, you know, straighten their apartment, if you will, um, and get rid of all of the, the knickknacks. Jo- and- jo- Joseph, Joseph Lane. So not Joseph. Lane, Lane, actual net last name, but not. I think there might've been somebody else that had that name when he first was getting into Hollywood. So he decided that he was going to go with Nathan, um, he- but it's from Nathan Detroit, who was in Guys and Dolls. And he's uh, all of five five. <laughs> it's just yeah. like he, he. I mean, I I didn't think he was like six two or anything, but I did not think he was that short. I would not have said that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's surprising too. <laughs> well, you know what, Robin Williams isn't like super tall, so even when they're on screen together, it's not like he towers over him. So it might be a little different. Yeah, you know, and as far as like the relationships, there's the part where they're trying to figure out because Nathan Lane plays a mm-hmm. very very flamboyant. Uh, you know, character. Gay, gay character. And so they're, they're out to, uh, uh, you know, a little cafe in Miami where he's trying to teach him how to act straight. And he's, you know, pretending to walk like John Wayne and it's, he, he does this walk, but it, you know, like a struggle, like he's, he's struggling to try and figure out how to walk straight. And he holds his pinky out when he drinks. They're right. Put your, put your pinky down. He slaps it. And Nathan Lane gives out one of those great, just high. <laughs> <laughs> i can't do it so you good. don't come on you don't butter the toast like that men smear they, they smear, smear the yeah. toast right and really and it's so funny because his he goes it's a cliche john wayne and he gets up and walks like john, i mean it is absolutely spot on he walks just like john wayne and that's it and it's unbelievable he goes what no good no, it's perfect. I just never realized John Wayne walked like that. Like when you see it with somebody other than John Wayne doing it, it looks ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, so, so then the story progresses because of the scandal, the family decides let's go to escape to South beach and the two, the national Enquirer photographer and reporter pay off the limo driver to say, where are you going? So they're the only two, that kind of follow them, but they keep their distance. And so they don't know that they're down there. Um, but then throughout the whole movie, they're, they're pretty much figuring it out of, of they, they, where they piece, but well, they honestly, they only ever get 99%. They get really, really close. And then it really, they're all sneaking out at the end and the reporters never know that they're actually there. They're like piecing it and like, they sort of get it and really they're correct. But, and only in the last minute, does anybody yeah. not find out where they were, what they're doing and why they're there? Exactly. And so, uh, so then they get down there and then you have just these great scenes of, uh, uh, Hank Azaria as, as Agador, who is more flamboyant than Nathan Lane is. Uh, so, is- so, and, and that's the whole thing is that they're trying to tone down some of the flamboyantness of, of, of who they are as people that Robin Williams is against it. He's like, no, he goes, I'm not trying to tone myself down. This is who I am. I'm proud of who I am. I'm, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not going to tone it down for him or anybody else. So the, the hilarity comes from them trying to play super straight, regular, you know what I mean? Just not who they are as people. They, 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 and, and they struggle with it a lot, especially Nathan Lane, who, again, puts on a suit and then he's wearing pink socks. And it's like, no, that's a dead giveaway. You know what I mean? Like there were things that were not... Uh, we'll just say socially acceptable back in the day. Yeah. Um, but he ends up dressing up as a woman, which he is very comfortable doing. And he feels at home dressed as Robin Williams wife instead of uncle Al or, you know, what, yeah. he, what he wants to do. So 
uh, Mother Coleman. Mother Coldman? Coleman. Cold, Cold. Cold, Cold, the, Coleman. The, the D is silent. So, so they changed the name from Goldman to Coleman because on top of the, the gay part of their relationship, the Jewish, <laughs> Jewish part right. is also another thing because it's a, you know, evangelical kind of Christian white senator. I mean, I, I feel like you can picture it. Um, Especially our, today. In our current like, landscape. Seriously, throw a rock in any one direction and hit somebody who thinks that. Yeah. And so it's, uh, yeah. And, it, and yeah, so Nathan Lane, starts off as uncle al and then switches into drag halfway through because they're trying to get uh christina barinsky catherine to come but she ends up getting stuck in traffic and ends up calling saying she's not going to be able to make it and that's when nathan lane decides well i'm gonna be the mom which then later on Christina Brinsky shows up and then that's kind there's of two moms. The it's a whole unraveling. Thing. That's kind of when the unraveling starts. Well, uh, listen, there's there's so much ridiculousness. I mean, like, you know, they have a, a male houseboy in Hankus area and he doesn't cook. He doesn't clean. He goes, oh, he goes, start preparing dinner. In fact, like the kid goes, you can cook. And he goes, he seems to think so. <laughs> like, like, He has no <laughs> clue what he's going to make. So like, and now he serves the bowls and the bowls and all the China have like naked gay boys like on them like in we'll just say precarious positions and sexual positions on the plates and he goes who sets the table without looking at the china that we're trying to seem less gay and you put gay boys on plates in front of the like and they're all losing their minds so he brings out the peasant stew that he right. made to put peasant, in the bowl peasant soup is an entree and which leads to a great thing where then Robin Williams comes into the kitchen. Okay, what's the next course? And he goes, the peasant soup is an entree. <laughs> and it's a great scene. It's Nathan, or Robin Williams falls on the floor. It slips to, he was <laughs> drinking Jameson right out of the bottle. Like he's, they're not, they're just doing shots right out of the bottle. And he goes, he's banging his head against the wall. And his son walks in and goes, what's wrong? And he goes, he didn't make an entree. Because there's just soup. Peasant soup is an entree. Why'd you think I put so much in it for? Fuck the soup. Fuck the soup. Fuck the shrimp. <laughs> Oh, we forgot about the screams. God, God damn it. We got to stay calm. Uh, it's, and he's uh, like, he's like, he's yelling at him the entire time while he's just holding handfuls of shrimp, trying to put it in the soup on the way by. This is, <laughs> this is this famous seafood chowder. Isn't that an egg? Yes. A huevo. It's very Guatemalan. He's <laughs> just making shit up as he goes, just trying to not have anybody catch on to what's going on. Because so the the guys that they put on is that they're the uh, Armand is a, a cultural attaché to, to Greece, right? In that Bart at a Agador Spartacus is their Greek uh, butler, right? Uh, who doesn't wear shoes because he falls down, which is hilarious. You know, earlier in the movie, he's in a wig and jean shorts and a cut off, you know, crop top, <laughs> right? Dancing around. they Dancing and, around to she works hard for her money, <laughs> just like going nuts in the middle of the kitchen. But I mean, I ju just the they're, the way they pull off the sheer panic when things just go awry is, I mean, the the timing from everybody involved in almost every scene is is perfect. Do you know what I mean again? The, the whole scene we just described, like the, the, they're like each like swapping bottles. So like in one scene, they're. They're all stealing the, the Jameson bottle from one another while all taking shots. And then once you've had the bottle stole from you, you then you have a line, right? Do you mean like it's just a very well choreographed, well written? And so that's all of them in um, sheer panic. 
And so that's something that Mike Nichols, the director, is kind of known for. He was known for getting the best and the best performance out of all of his actors on Broadway and also in movies and finding the ways to do that, which it definitely shows that, you know, the kind of work that went into that. And really the beginning of the movie is very much setting it up. And there's a lot of little details that kind of come back around. Mm -hmm. But once they all get into the house together and you have all the characters of the whole show together, it's like this rapid fire, just super fast paced, like everything's going crazy and going to shit and getting resolved. And it just kind of quick fires until the well, end. Well, right. Like he, like he leaves and goes to the kitchen to check on dinner. And when he comes back in, they're talking about gays in the military and his son's like, dad, help. Because <laughs> like, how did something go so wrong so quickly? Yeah. It's, it's like the house is on fire, but they can't leave. They have no choice. They have to just stay there and, and deal with everything that's going on at the same time. And then at one point, you know, Nathan Lane starts playing the piano and they're singing like, and so it's I like, could, I could have danced all night and they're just like all singing Broadway, like show tunes. And it's fine because it's a good, it's a wholesome family thing for right wing conservatives to do. Yeah, exactly. And, and the, the mother Diane West's character is kind of piecing it together uh, quicker than Gene Hackman, which as you know, when the reveal happens, she's the one who says like, don't you get it? Like, like they're two uh, men they're, <laughs> they're, they're two in men. a relationship together. And he's and like, it, I, don't, I don't, I don't understand. And he's just like, yeah. he's like, like blank staring at them. Like he doesn't like, get it. He just doesn't fathom that that's even possible, which at the time, you know, back in, and it's not that long ago, it's only 1996, but that was, you know, very controversial of nowadays, um, much more accepted. So and, and not to jump the gun to where we, we kind of do this at the end, but I think it's pertinent. So, like, would this movie get made today? Like, do you think that it's something that could this do, movie, could the birdcage come out today in 2022 the same way? I think it would be more controversial uh, because of the political landscape we're in and how right. kind of, you know, how triggered sometimes people get on both right. sides, depending on things. You know, I think 50% of people would go, wow, that's a, that's really, really funny. And then 50% of the people are going to go, I'm sick and tired of this woke gay culture being stuffed in our faces. Like I, it can't just be a funny movie. It can't just be yeah. Robin Williams and Nathan Lane at like at their finest, like, you know what I mean? Nobody complained in 96 that something was being crammed down their throats. It was just no, a, and it, uh, hysterical comedy. It was number one in the box office for the first three weeks. It was out like it was successful. Like it was not. Right. It was like a not successful movie. I mean, Rotten Tomato score of eighty two percent. So up there in the upper tier, you know, it's not a ninety nine, but it's also you know it's formidable, and you know that was based on fifty five reviews of it um, for that aggregate. So it you know it it had success, um, but it, could it be made today? Yes, I think it, it for sure could. But um, the political side of it is, like you said, it, it's it's triggering at times. Right. I could I could see really I could see should. Facebook posts coming out from certain news outlets going gay movie comes on. But you know what I mean? Like it would be very much about yeah what it is and not that it's just a new Robin Williams, Nathan Lane comedy. It would have to be. So we kind of gave the ending away. But, you know, we pretty much I'm sure you've seen this movie. We're not here to. I mean, spoiler alert from 1996. <laughs> we basically but, assume that everyone's seen these movies, that we're not yeah. going away. You're not listening to this podcast because you're looking to hear about all the details of the movie. <laughs> You've seen it. We all love it. So then Val's mom, Catherine, Christina Barinsky, Buffalo Jim um, shows up <laughs> as the mother. And that's really when it kind of all goes downhill. 
Um, well, they, they, they have to just come out with it. Like there's no more, the, the facade is over. They have to just come clean. Cause Nathan Lane had said that he's the mother and it just, you know, it all kind of crumbles, but at that same time, it's realized that the paparazzi are there and they need to figure out how they're going to deal with that. So then it goes from, you know, this kind of like what's going on to a new challenge of, okay, how can we, how can everybody in this room, all of the people involved, help this sitting senator get out of this situation? And the only way they come up with it is, well, there's a drag show and nobody's going to suspect you if you're in drag. And right. So they put everybody in drag, including Gene Hackman, who is you the know, conservative senator, right? The conservative senator. And he even bumps into well, he goes up to the, his he goes up to well, yeah, he bumps into the he bumps into one of the one of the reporters, national, one of the reporters, and they have right. no idea who he is. And then he goes to his driver, you know, pick me up at like four, 14th in the lake, and the guy goes, Lady, not for a million dollars. Yeah. And that's really where it ends. So you don't see how it fully resolves, but you know that oh, hey, they, get, they get married during the credits. The credit oh, credits are sure. rolling and they're getting sure, married sure, sure. and Albert's in the front row. Going, <laughs> <laughs> He's just like sobbing so loudly. They can't continue with the ceremony. That's true. Yeah. And what's, and somebody, somebody, what's one of the other, uh, the people on the, we'll just say the, the groom side, one of the, their, their gay friends or whatever. It's like, Bob Dole is gorgeous. Like, <laughs> just like hitting all the senators. And, and so they they get all of the other drag performers in on it and say, you know, we're going to dance through the aisles and they're going to do We Are Family. And they put it on and they dance everyone out. And, you know, Calista Flockhart and, and the guy who plays Val are having the time of their life dancing out. And, you know, Nathan Lane and Robin Williams are doing their thing. And then, you know, a very kind of uptight Gene Hackman in, in full drag. Mm-hmm. Well, he goes to his daughter and goes, dance with me. She goes, no, I don't want to be dancing. And he goes, I don't want to be the only person without a dance partner. Like, so <laughs> he's upset that nobody's dancing with him as a woman. Yeah, which is kind of a conservative thing, right? He wants to have that dance partner because it's important, but it's, it's uh, you know, he finds it's, his way out. It's just. It's, right. That would, that, at the beginning of the movie, that would have been appalling to him. And at the end of the movie, he's upset that nobody wants to dance with him while he's dressed as a woman. Yeah. I'm just as pretty as all these other people in here. <laughs> So, so if you have a, have a most quoted line from this movie, like which one, I mean, there's so many, but like, really, what one do you think? I feel like it's Hank Azaria, but I don't want to put quotes in your mouth for you to mess up. Okay. So as you're the misquoter. I am the misquoter, but um, okay. So this, I have two moments. I mean, pretty much anything that Hank Azaria says is hilarious. I, I, I pretty, I thought that's what you were going with that. And, and I, the thing I say the most is when I wear the shoes, I fall, I down. fall down. Right. Because <laughs> it's just the way he says it with his, with his Colombian, I am my Guatemalaness. Uh, right. You know, what the hell is Guatemalaness? Um, but you know, <laughs> he's always accent. walking around barefoot. You just put shoes on. Ah, there's no points. Cause I wear the shoes. I fall down. When I wear the shoes, I fall down. But it's just this, I mean, everything he said, he's just such a great voice actor and the way that he can play a character, which you see in The Simpsons because he does all voice acting there. Um, But I think the part for me that I always loved is there's a point where Nathan Lane is practicing his new routine and he has this dancer who's dancing with him. Right. chewing gum during it and it's just pissing off nathan lane because he's like blowing bubbles while nathan lane's singing and stuff like that and it's starting to piss him off and it's you know chewing bubble helps me think or chewing gum helps me think and he goes you need more gum (laughs) honey you're wasting your gum 
you know, there you go. See, uh, misquote her in action. 60% of the time. You I'm get, get it every, every time. time. Right. But there's a portion. Almost nailed it. There's a portion where Robin Williams has to put some uh, direct, really, this, this younger guy. He's giving them their, their, their purpose. Like he's, he's it's giving like them their notes. Right. And why are you doing this? Right. And he goes into this thing and I'm, I can't quote it, but he essentially quotes all of the famous choreographers in like Broadway of the time, you know, like Bob Fosse, Twyla Tharp. Uh, 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 I don't even remember. Uh, all uh, of them, and, then it, uh, and then there was a Madonna. Madonna. Right. So it's right. all these like famous dancer choreographers and it's he talks about all this and he's doing all the different dance actions because all of Michael those Kidd, chore- Michael Kidd, Twyla, Twyla, Madonna, Madonna. And he's like, he just keeps changing choreography as he's doing it. Like, but keep I, it all inside. inside. You're right. But keep it, but keep it all inside. So, and for me as a, you know, so I've been into theater and that's my career and I've done shows that have this choreography that is iconic, right? Bob Fosse is an iconic Broadway, uh, choreographer twyla tharp is iconic madonna is a is a gay icon and her dance you know is done in drag shows every freaking night probably right right somewhere sure it's these very high profile dancers that all of these uh drag queens you know would know because they're creating their their scenes based on it and so the fact that he just goes through this whole thing and it's it's like coked out robin williams uh, to 100 <laughs> like you know it's, is, is that i think you just described every robin williams movie like i don't it's, know that it's, you did it's you robin more williams, specific you had to narrow it down it's robin williams going 200 and once he gets into that role it's just it's magic i mean it's fun to watch because he just he just hit it and it's amazing and it's that to me is like one of the parts that when i think of this movie i always think of that bit but what i quote most is hank azaria for sure I think, I mean, I, I, it's definitely that. I mean, I can't see anybody ever have seafood without saying, fuck the shrimp. Do you know what I mean? Like for, for no reason. It doesn't have to even having shrimp. They could be literally eating any seafood whatsoever. And I would say, fuck the shrimp every time. It would not be anything any different. He didn't make, make it. Right, right, right. That, that would be what it is. If somebody said, what's for dinner? I'd be like, he didn't make an entree. But then you get Hank Azaria going, peasant soup is an entree. <laughs> right. Just, uh, it's so good. Huevos, very Guatemalan. My Guatemalan is. I mean, it really, and like I said, everybody did such a fantastic job in this movie. I mean, and, and the polar opposites of them keep coming through again and again. I mean, so as much as you've got the the craziness and the the off the wallness of them trying to conserve their their how flamboyant they are, they're trying to tone it down. You've got Gene Hackman as a conservative senator talking about the foliage, seeing the trees turn. And the leaves, do, and it's like the most boring, monotonous. And like Robin Williams is literally falling asleep while listening to him talk about the leaves <laughs> change as they were driving down here. It's like somebody who doesn't realize, oh, I'm boring the entire room. Talk about Purple Mountains Majesties. We have lots of great foliage, and it's literally a two minute <laughs> monologue of him just talking about leaves changing and putting and everybody to sleep. And it's just really this great ensemble movie, right? I mean, really outside of like, there's the, the characters that we've talked about. That's the movie, right? There's really nobody else. On uh, the you're outside. right. Well, who, who's a lead? I mean, it, technically you might say Robin Williams and Nathan Lane, they might so be have a fraction more screen time, but how I wrote it out from IMDB, Robin sure. Williams is top bill, Gene Hackman's second. And Correct. then it's Nathan Lane, Diane West. But because 70% of the movie is all of those characters in the room at the same time, there's really not somebody who gets more screen time than somebody else for 
uh, really a good chunk of the movie. Yeah, and this so this movie wasn't not it was nominated for best art direction for an Oscar and it did not win, but it did win the Screen Actors Guild for best ensemble, which really makes sense because sure. it really is the strength of the movie is the ensemble. There's no one performance really that is that is like the Oscar winner for and right. comedies don't get Oscar buzz anyway. So you know it's because every time you would think of a hysterical Nathan Lane moment, you'd go. Oh man, but Hank Azaria was so damn funny at that. You know what I mean? Oh, and there's that Robin Williams part. Which, you know what I mean? Like, there's no way you could pinpoint. Oh, because what, it's all it's all interactions, right? It's all right. it's all how they interact with each other, and that's what makes it great. There's no ten minute monologue that's going to captivate an audience. It's it's how the the ensemble works together to push the story forward, and in a way that just makes it kind of funny, captivating with a kind of honest story behind it of kind of this acceptance and changing the mind of somebody who was set in their ways because they didn't see how it could be different right it's right and, well, and, and seeing in the in, inside a person and seeing the the kindness and it goes beyond somebody's simple sexuality i mean that's just a, a trivial and to bring it to judge a book by color times. it's you know you know, this is back, like I said, in 1996, where it's, you know, the whole view on on gay marriage and on homosexuality was changing because there was, you know, I think they didn't get growth. the right to vote till really quite a few years. I want to say we were college or or later. The right to vote? You mean the right to get married? I'm sorry. I did say that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that didn't make any sense. Yes, They've had the right to vote for a while. Say, if well, a if they're, if they're and, a man, right. Yeah, a long time. Women, not so much. But uh, no, the right to get married. I'm trying to think of when. It was 2008, I think. Uh, oh, as I was say, I want to say we were in college when that happened. I remember. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, you know, and so it, and this was also a time when the, you know, a lot of the senators and and people's, you know, kind of tune changed because there was this kind of Christian, uh, you know, view of what a marriage was that was being challenged, and a lot of people kind of looked inward and, and reflected and realized that that it's really not that big of a deal um you know and it's a fight that's still raging t- today right. um but i don't want to get too political <laughs> um i mean this is it's a very political movie in that sense and so um you know because even our current president changed his views when he was a senator right like He's been a, he was a senator for a long time before he was vice president. So, you know, people kind of evolved. And that's what this movie kind of shows is how you look at a scenario and evolve in your thinking because it's your daughter that is loving this boy that just so happens to have gay parents and it doesn't change anything. So, right. You know, yeah. It's because there's the wedding at the end where Gene Hackman's at the wedding. So clearly the press know that his daughter is marrying somebody who has gay parents like and this happened to a lot of you know congressmen and and senators uh you know congress people throughout politicians of course politicians you know that have that sometimes things in their family didn't happen the way that they believe and they have to either disown it or evolve and so you, you would of- hope that most people would evolve but the- <laughs> there, there we are that's kind of what this movie is right i mean it's a it's a story of of evolving based on ideals but also trying to hide it and that's why it's a comedy because you know the the comedy of it is 
is all it's a comedy of errors really and well right well the, like the he's got all of his gay nightclub people helping out up uh, the people in the drag show helping out and somebody adds playboys to the bathroom he goes who put the playboys in the bathroom oh yeah they, they said they add some literature he goes don't add just subtract like, <laughs> don't add anything else like the, the, and again simple stuff like that is uh like i said very well written so what would you rate one of our favorite movies the birdcage so I'm curious as to see if it falls in the My Cousin Vinny range because that one was like our, that was the jam. Yeah. Um, so it's a one out of five, if I remember correctly for me. Yeah, right? so you 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 yeah. get out of five, I get out of five, and you can do up to quarter points. So you can't yeah. do like 4.1. You got to be at least a two-fiver of whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I would go with a four out of five. Um, I think, you know, once again, it's, a, it's just a great ensemble comedy. Is it the greatest comedy of all time? I don't believe so. So I can't go up to five. Is it in the upper echelon? Yes, which is why I think a solid four um, checks for that. Yep. And I, so I'm going to just, just a tick above. I'm going to go a four, two, five. They're really, Robin Williams is one of my all-time favorites and is, yeah. uh, is, is just in the Hall of Fame. And if Nathan Lane's not there yet, he's there already. I mean, it's, it's really, like, to your point, great ensemble cast, great. Each one of them delivers both the reactions and they're playing off another character and individual parts that they have to themselves that are that just make the movie fantastic. Big or small. It, it was great across the board. So what we have is a uh, eight to five doing my long division and quick math, which is yeah. pretty good. I'm trying to think. So you said 82% of Rotten Tomatoes. 82% and it's, uh, of Rotten Tomatoes. It's a seven seven one on IMDb, which honestly, I thought it would be a little higher than that. I didn't think it would be. I yeah. don't say that low, but I don't know. I didn't think it would that be that low. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, I like I said, I've watched this movie forever. Um and I have it, I had it on DVD. I probably still do somewhere, but <laughs> that well. I mean that's really the true making of did you really love this movie? Well, yeah, I owned it on VHS or DVD. Like that's that's where we are now. It's you know, I don't think I ever owned VHSs, but yeah, I definitely had this one um and my cousin Vinny, uh both on DVD when I had my my folder of DVDs when we were in college, when we would pick one. Everybody had the binder with the plastic sleeves. Yeah. Which I had, you know, my binder of movies and, and then, uh, yeah, this was definitely one of them for sure. Oh, sure. Well, uh, all right, buddy. I think that'll, uh, pretty much do it for this episode. Uh, once again, man, thanks. Thanks for, uh, coming out. We appreciate you. Chime yeah, in the last no, I, I always enjoy talking movies with you. I mean, we don't need microphones uh, in front of us to do it because <laughs> yeah. we've been doing this podcast for years at this uh, point. Yeah, right. Um, Seriously, this podcast every is time, actually 20 years old, but nobody cared or wanted to listen before. I mean, we watch, you know, hundreds of movies in college together and, and <laughs> haven't stopped. So uh, I always enjoy chatting with you about movies because you can uh, correct me when I misquote it and <laughs> Listen, I, I, right. Yeah. I'm the 30 to your 70. That's like, you get us most of the way there. And I just, well, not the small tweaks. So the, the rewrite there at the end, no big deal. Exactly. Very good. All right, everybody. Um, always remember that the pod deuces are part of the BICBP radio network. Remember to like, follow, subscribe, share to all the podcasts. And uh, with that, uh, that's a wrap. The Podducers is part of the BICBP Radio Network. Check us out online at BICBP-radio.com or find us on social media by typing in The Podducers to Facebook. Like, follow, share, subscribe, and tell your friends about us today. 
weather is changing and the sun is shining, which means summer party season is here, and Buffalo Freddy Party Rental has everything you need to get your party started. From tents, tables, and chairs to inflatable bounce houses, water slides, and obstacle courses, Buffalo Freddy has everything you need to take your summer shindig to the next level. Not sure what to serve at your event? Buffalo Freddy does barbecue catering as well. For more details or to make reservations, head over to buffalofreddy.com or give them a call at 716-437-3339. That's 716-4-FREDDY. Buffalo Freddy is a proud sponsor of this podcast.